Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman back for another episode. And today you're in for a real treat because we have with us Garen Bergman. He's the founder of Palm Tree Compliance App i.e. compliance in the palm of your hand. Garen, before we get to a little bit about your product app, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your journey into compliance. Absolutely, and thanks for having me on today. So I've been in the compliance industry for about 20 years in varying roles. I first started off doing a lot of investigations and FCPA work all around the world with Ingersoll Rand, then started the compliance program with Dover Corporation as the director of compliance for a 33,000 employee company, and then took on the chief compliance officer role at IDEX Corporation based here in Chicago, another global manufacturing company. Left there in 2016 after I couldn't find anybody to build me an app to really put uh, something on my salespeople's devices wherever they were doing their responsibilities and making sales around the world and really exposing us to a lot of risk. So I actually meet a fair number of people exactly like yourself who desperately wanted one product or service, couldn't find it, so said, screw it, I'm going to go start a company and do it. So kudos to you for innovating in that way. But I wanted to turn it over for Ronnie. What do you have for Garen today? Well, so full disclosure to the community, I met Garen about four years ago when I started my company, and we bonded pretty quickly over what I would say is a theme around trying to improve access to information for compliance people. If people who have listened to this podcast know that I'm a real big believer in making things simpler and easier for people, I feel like that's the next boundary that this community needs to come over. It's not more complexity, it's simplicity. So when I met Garen, I'm like, oh my God, he's creating a simple way to get compliance to people through technology, whereas I'm trying to do it through making the content simpler and easier to digest. So we've known each other for a couple of years, and I love his creative approach to solving compliance problems. So, Garen, my first question to you is maybe just briefly, just so people have an understanding of the product that you created, can you just tell us what the product is and what problem it solves? We've created a mobile application that works on smartphones and tablets and basically allows compliance departments to take their materials off the intranet, off a PDF, and into the palms of their employees' hands. Wherever they are, they always have access to the compliance program. Honestly, every time I talk to you about this, it sounds like, why doesn't everybody do this? Like, could you just explain, like, what are some of the advantages of having an app versus just, I guess, a typical code PDF? What is some of the functionality that you're bringing to the table by having it through an app? Yeah, so a lot of the things that we do are related to just-in-time. When do I need the information and how am I receiving that information? So an app is sitting on a mobile device. The mobile device is always with the person wherever they are, never leaves their body. And as employees are traveling from country to country or state to state, city to city, they need to be aware of certain regulations, certain compliance policies or actions that need to be taken depending on what they're doing. So the app can actually recognize where the employee is, send them communications that might be relevant to something that they're going to start doing or begin that might be related to bringing compliance risk to an organization. So easy access to the device, whereas opening up a computer, trying to access the 
intranet, finding a policy or a piece of information might be a little harder than just opening up your phone and tapping on the app and there you go. Let me ask you really to draw on your CCO experience and understand why that sort of continuous communication, if not it is so important, how can that be so much more powerful than me having to pick up the phone and call you in the corporate headquarters to get an answer to a simple question or for raise my hand and speak up? Well, I think one of the things that makes successful compliance programs successful is the constant communication and marketing that goes on. And so through the app, you can send push notifications, you can update, you can even chat with people if you want. And as we look at the activities of millennials who are spending upwards of three, four, five hours a day on mobile devices, this is where they want to consume their information. This is how they want to communicate. And so having that app available in an environment where these employees are already used to and really using for work already just really helps support the compliance program and take it to the next level. How do you overcome what I call the old white guy trap, which is, or maybe just old guy trap, which is along the lines of the following. A good friend of mine's a CCO here in Houston and was extraordinarily pleased. He got funding and he rolled out an app. I'm very proud of it. And the feedback from the employee base looked like a bunch of old guys designed it. How do you help bring that sort of dynamicism of the millennial workforce that you described to your product? You know, apps these days could be designed by anybody. I've talked to companies that have an IT department that say they can build an app, but successful apps really thrive with the way that they're designed. So having designers that know where your hands are on the device, how to easily access information, where to put that from an eye perspective and a visual perspective, that's what we bring to the table. And it's really ready to go and available off the shelf within a matter of 30 to 45 days versus really trying to build something that you think might work and think looks beautiful, but really hasn't ever been tested or designed by people who have been doing it for years. Well, and if I may, Garen, you and I have chatted about this before. The content that I'm creating with Learnings and Entertainments is all about social media style, short, quick ways to reference things and to do that in a playful, positive way. So I think like our kinds of approaches tend to work hand in hand where you're providing simple functionality and then we're providing short, fun, quick reminders that either make it more visually appealing within the app or, as you say, push notifications and ways to reach people with like little quick increments. I think these things kind of work hand in hand. And again, it doesn't have to be through like our company. Anyone who uses social media knows that a GIF, a meme, a clever design, those things are eye-catching. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, Garrett, I remember you having some statistics about people using, they respond to something on an app more than they would or quicker than they would through a text or an email or something like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So some of the statistics that we've seen in the workplace and just in app use in general, people seem to be opening up emails around 50% to 60% in the workplace. So they might be important emails. You never know if it's getting opened or not. When you look at the push notifications and the statistics around that, Approximately 65% of app users, if they receive a push notification, then go back into the app. So you're generating that interest. You want them to come into and look at what you're trying to communicate to them. So they're more than likely actually going to go into it. And when we look at text messaging itself, 
98% of text messages are responded to, and 99% of those are responded to within a matter of three minutes. So we get to this situation where people are looking for information, they want feedback, they have a question, they want an answer immediately, and these are the types of things that an app can bring to the table. Karen, if I could jump in and pick up on a couple of points that you hit on. So my professional background is as an attorney, I tend to think about the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and how you can tie your product or service to something that the Department of Justice has specifically said. And you said a couple of things that struck me. One was the proactive versus reactive approach, specifically around logistics recognition and reminders or push notifications that go out. One of the things the DOJ continually tells us, or at least has recently in the last year or so, has emphasized is effectiveness. And it seems like to me you're discussing an effective delivery mechanism of a message. The second thing is analytics. And I'm a big believer in documenting everything. And if you don't have analytics, you can't begin to document. And it sounds like you're able to build or tie to both of those requirements under the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. Absolutely. So take geolocation and geofencing. I'm sorry to get into some of the tech details here, but the mobile device can recognize exactly where it is on this earth. And depending on how you want to set up the app, you can actually send a push notification within a few feet of a supplier's address or a customer's address. Or if the mobile device is connecting to a cell tower, once the individual lands in a certain country, you can start pushing them relevant information right then and there. And to me, having that information at the time they need it is so key to an effective compliance program versus here's a quarterly compliance training course or here's an email that may or may not get read. It even you know, may not be at the time the person needs it. So I think that's really effective. And from an analytics perspective, you can track anything and everything that you want. How many minutes they spend on a certain screen, which policy or regulation inside of the app is visited the most frequent, and start building communication, training, and awareness programs around the analytics that you're seeing so that you can get the most relevant information to the people that are looking for that immediately. So can you push training out through the app? Because most companies have an LMS or they have a vendor as an LMS and they're usually pretty terrible. (laughs) So uh, is this a way perhaps to not just access code and policies, but to access training? Absolutely. So you could tie into your LMS, you could tie into any other of the big three learning providers out there and their LMSs. You can upload videos to the app. You can have them stored pretty much anywhere and accessible by anybody. Am I one of the big three learning providers? Absolutely. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Absolutely. One other thing I wanted to ask you about functionality, um, because I remember in a passing conversation, you'd said something about how this makes gift approval easier. And and this is something that's a little bit beyond the kind of work I do, but maybe you could say a little bit about that. Yeah. So with Palm Tree, we have a gift registry module, which allows individuals to submit gifts to be reviewed and approved by their supervisor or whomever that might be. The individual receiving the request will actually receive a push notification notifying them that a request has been made. They go into the app, can see up to two years' worth of history, make a great informed decision as to whether or not they should allow the gift to be given, and then approve it right in the app. And then the individual will receive a push notification and email on the back end. So everything's done through the app. All recording is done on the back end, so you can provide reports and analytics on the types of gifts that have been given over the past two years. 
Yeah, this may be obvious. The push notification is when like the little number pops up on the app, and then you're like, oh, I have a message, right? Yep. So, yeah, you get a drop-down screen at the top that says, hey, come back to my app, or you know, whatever the app is trying to tell you. It gives you a, a message to basically do something or notify you of something. I want to hear like what are some of the concerns or objections that you get, because it seems to me that from some of our discussions, some of them are kind of unfounded. So let's talk about like why more people aren't using this, because we all seem to think, I think everybody that we meet at these conferences say, this is a great idea, but adoption continues to be slow throughout the industry. So let's maybe talk about some of the things that you hear that you have answers for, and let's kind of get underneath it. So maybe you could throw one out to start, and then we'll add on. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is really the adoption of new technology, understanding how things work, why it works that way, and then customizing it to a certain program and the way their processes work. So I think that's kind of the big hurdle that we typically see is I'm a little hesitant because I just don't understand the technology. So what you're saying is compliance people in broad strokes suffer from, what did you call it, old man syndrome? I don't know if I like that. What they suffer from is I'm not a technology person and this is intimidating to me. I think that is probably the key right there is just intimidation, hesitation, just the unknown. You know, compliance people really like to understand things. You know, to be able to understand things, uh, they make policies and procedures around those types of things. It's actually a little deeper than that. and That is that compliance people, for the most part, have been lawyers. And lawyers are not trained in technology. We're trained, as you said, to write things down, policies and procedures in the written word. And one, it's the technophobe problem. But two, it requires the compliance officer, it requires the lawyer to think differently, not so much visually, but thinking in a way different than the static policies and procedures and delivery of training that we've been trained upon and that we've been using. But I really see this as incredibly innovative in the way that you are able to not only deliver a proactive message and a proactive communication, but also track who's listening, who's opening, how long are they on there, where they are when they are looking at it. And you can actually use that information to loop that back in on an ongoing basis to further refine your delivery system and delivery mechanism. Would that be a fair assessment? I think so. There's just so many things you can do with an app these days, and the mobile devices have come a long ways. One of the reasons I built this, I come from a manufacturing background with a huge offline population. It was a challenge to get them to sign or agree to the code every year. So now I can roll out training to the offline population which is now my entire population, which has always been a challenge for companies in the retail environment, manufacturing environment, or those companies that just don't have connected employees all the time. This is a question that when I've brought you up to some of my clients, I get the question about like a lot of people bring your own device versus a company. So what are some of the, I guess, issues around that when can a company ask people to put this app on a device that's a personal device that their employees got themselves? Well, you can always ask them whether or not they actually do it might be a different story. But typically, I think employees are more than likely using their own device for work anyways. And for them to be able to put this on their device is really just gives them easy access to things that they need anyway. Now, to force them to use it on their own personal device, that 
is a legal issue that I think a lot of companies may want to look into, but there is solutions to be able to at least push the app right to their phone without seeing any other personal information on their device. Oh, that's an important point because I'm sure privacy issues come up as well. So this is a way to kind of firewall and protect privacy as well. Yes, absolutely. How long would it take sort of for you or to deliver this type of solution to a customer if you starting with sitting down, explaining it to them, understanding what they want, designing it and delivery? What's that sort of turnaround look like from your perspective? Yeah, so if a client of ours doesn't want a lot of customization in terms of new functionality or the way the actual app looks, we typically can turn them around and have them go in within 45 to 60 days. If there's other things involved, new functionality being added, maybe they want single sign-on, maybe they want some more advanced functionality, it could take a little bit longer. And we talk about that up front so that they are very aware of how long this project might take. I look at this when I broad brush it. Companies will post their code. They'll push out usually boring training, and they're going through the normal channels. Whether or not you can get everyone to use the app or require them to use the app, I think is irrelevant. It provides an easier way for more people to get this information than they had before (laughs) is the way I look at it. I keep coming back to the idea that I think the next milestone that ethics compliance programs need to get past is not more complex functionality. I would even argue, you know, Tom and I, you and I argue about analytics and their importance and all that stuff. I think it's about making it as easy as possible to get information, to ask questions and to report problems. And I think this is a great way to do it. So let me pick up exactly on that point, because Garen, what I'm hearing is not only what Ronnie just articulated, which is the ease of consuming the information, But what I also hear from you is being able to track that ease, being able to track whether that person hit that push notification button, where they were when they did it. And then you, as the compliance officer, sitting back in the corporate office, having a database, it gives you yet another set of information for what the Department of Justice requires in terms of ongoing improvement of your compliance program, because you have a wealth of data about how, if, one if, and two how, People are consuming the information. So it just seems to me to be incredibly innovative. Oh, yes. I mean, the DOJ wants to see what you're doing and see the changes that you've made over time. Well, the analytics that an app can provide really can be a roadmap for your entire program or at least a significant population of your program, depending on how you want to use it. And then, well, the last thing I'll tee you up for, Garen, is I know that you go to these conferences and some of the really large companies have created their own app and they've spent an incredibly large amount of money doing it. So I think another hurdle that people are maybe intimidated by is they think it's going to be this incredibly expensive process, whereas I think you've maybe done some of that heavy lifting. So I don't even know what my question is. I guess my question is, like, cost isn't so much of a hurdle as some people might believe it to be. Yeah, so we've had companies come to us and say, we don't have six figures to buy an app, but we want to roll out an app. Well, what we've been able to do and the way that we've set our product up, Palm Tree, we can get people started for basically the price of a business class ticket to Asia. It is fairly cheap. It is very efficient. Again, it really just depends on everything that you want to do. But yeah, you can spend a million dollars on something or you can spend a reasonable amount on something that actually works and does a good job. Garen, I have to say, this has really been an eye-opening podcast for me. I really had not thought about 
the delivery mechanism as providing so many different components to a best practices compliance program from the accessibility of the user experience to the information provided back to the compliance officer and the compliance function, I really see a either a full circle, full loop of information or almost a straight line from when the compliance officer inputs the information into the app being used, consumed, back to the compliance officer for a refreshment review and revitalization going forward. So kudos is all I have to say. No, thanks. It's been a long process, but I knew what I wanted as a purchaser of this thing. I was waiting for somebody to build it. They never did. So I said, hey, I'm going to go build what I wanted for my program. That's so great. Well, I'm a big fan of this approach in general, and I appreciate uh, you having a compliance officer's perspective and how you've built it. Do you want to throw a plug in for how people can find out more about your company? Yeah, absolutely. So go visit us at getpalmtree.com, one word. And we'll be happy to have any uh, questions, answer any questions and talk to people about how it works, how it gets set up and how we can deliver it in about 45 days. Awesome. Garrett, thanks so much. And I look forward to continuing the conversation. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.